All right. This church has many choice servants who serve us in many capacities. But some of them are super servants. Who knows? There are servants and then there are super servants. I'm talking about none other than J.P. Grantham. Let me tell you, just tell you how much of a super servant he is. He's a blessing to our city in that he uh, backs up his wife and her ministry at Celebrate Recovery and has done children's ministry for Celebrate Recovery. He has done county jail ministry on Thursday nights. He is overseeing the juvenile jail ministry on Monday nights. He leads a team of people from multiple churches. Sometimes that's interesting. Most of the time, it's a blessing. Amen. And he's a blessing to our city in many ways. He's a blessing to our church in that he is faithful to serve in any capacity, shows up for work days, serves in the children's ministry faithfully without fail, preaches a word at the drop of a hat when needed. And if he sees something that needs painting, he paints it. 99% of the time before it's even pointed out to him, it's done. I cannot tell you what a blessing that is to me personally. And uh, to you all, he is a great blessing. And he's a man of the word from Brownwood, Texas. J.P. Grantham. Amen. I don't know, I don't know what to say after that. It's, uh, last Wednesday night, me and Michelle, was, uh, we stopped at Brahms and got our yogurt fix. And... Uh, Cell phone rang and uh, it was Alan Ladder and I said, "Well, I wonder what needs fixing or whatever." And anyway, he said, uh, "Where you at?" And I said, "Well, we're on our way to church." He said, "Well, I've got a favor." I said, "Well, okay, what's that?" He said, "How about preaching Wednesday night?" And I'm pretty sure there was about a seven to ten second dead time. And uh, I said, "Well, can I think about it?" He said, yeah. I said, well, I'll let you, I'll let you know tomorrow. And so my wife, you know, Michelle asked me, he said, well, what do, you, what do you ask? I said, boy, he asked me to preach Wednesday night. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. And she kind of looked at me and grinned and said, well, you know you are. You can't say no to him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, really, how can you say no to Pastor Allen? And uh, I'm, I'm just going to do some... Uh, bragging on our church right now it's uh <clears throat> it's just an honor to be here you know there there's some people talk about having to go to church we get to go to church it, it never fails to amaze me when we have visitors and they don't come back i just i don't understand it why you would not come back to this church our pastor is uh speaking of super servants I don't think we could get any any higher there. Uh, he's a man of God, but he's also a man. And uh, had a few conversations with him. You know, we we just have this thing going. We don't talk a lot all the time, but but we understand each other. And uh, I guess what all I can say is that he just gets it. He knows what it's about. He not only preaches it, he lives it. And... Uh, the two elders that, that serve under him, Brother Joe and Brother Greg, mighty men of God. We are so blessed.
to have them in our church. I'm so glad we don't have building committees and servant committees and cooking committees. And we don't have to vote on nothing. We put all the pressure on them and say, y'all have at it. And, uh, boy, they do a wonderful job, don't they? And uh, we have some uh, mighty women of God here. Uh, Sister Debbie is our women's pastor, the head of the women's ministry. You see her, and Jesus is just flowing all out of her. I mean, whenever she was sick and having them problems, she was still here. She was faithful. She was doing the Lord's work. Sister Laura, oh, my goodness, what can you say about her? She is, uh, you know, I get to brag on Spencer and, uh, and Kennedy and Micah. I, I do kids' church with her, and uh, it was my kids. That Kennedy's kind of like my daughter, you know. And uh, she did wonderful tonight, didn't she? Oh, man, are we doing a good job there or what? Thank you, Henry, for bringing her. Thank you, and I'm glad you're here. Amen. Uh, another thing about this church I love is the uh, uh, only word I could come up with is it's not legalistic. You know, we have a church that uh, we want to include everyone. You know, our, our pastor preaches against sin, but he loves sinners. You know, that's uh, that's unusual. I grew up in a church where being a Christian was what you did not do. Our church is a church that when you become a Christian, you get to do all these things. You get to serve the Lord. You get to be in the worship team. You get to volunteer. You know, he lets our young people be young people. You know, I went to, to school and people made fun of us because of the way we dress, because that's what's... That's how you was a Christian, by the way you dressed. You know, I, I didn't understand it. Uh, I'm glad at this church that women can get up and speak, and there's actually men sitting in the congregation. God can give them a word, and, and, and we get to enjoy it as men. There's some churches they can't do that. That's wonderful. And uh, there's uh, they don't hold divorce against you. Boy, there'd be a lot of us up the old parochial creek if it, uh, it wasn't for that, you know. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. You know, we're a forgiving church, aren't we? God was forgiven. Jesus is forgiven. If anybody stretched the boundaries of God's grace, I did. But look what he done, you know. Uh, our church is a church of diversity. We're starting to show uh, the culture of Granbury. We're not just a lily white church anymore. We're, we're starting to get everybody in here. Everybody needs to be welcome in our church. And I mean that. I love that about our church. Boy, that night when we had that singing and, and we had all those different churches come here. Oh, my goodness. That was just, if you wasn't here, you missed such a blessing. And uh, ours is a giving church. Uh, I have one more case of Bibles to give away at the detention center. And uh, when those are, are gone, we will have given away in the last year and a half over 300 Bibles donated by Generations Church. Uh, this, is, this is really special to me. Uh, I believe it was Monday, uh, April 19th, through a special donation to the, just for the detention ministry, we were able to feed 70 of the youth at that detention center pizza. 
you'll never know how much a blessing that was for those kids. I went there last night. We didn't have church. I didn't want to bother them while they was eating pizza. Let them enjoy it. I went there last night, and each pod, Charlie Sale, uh, Bravo, Alpha, Echo, and uh, they didn't I, they didn't put the name on this one. Every youth there signed a thank you card. Uh, I, I can't I can't tell you their names by law. I, I can't. I got to go home and tear these up. But they wanted to say thank you all very much. And uh, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, not only are we a giving church financially, uh, physically. It never ceases to amaze me. As we were talking about the moving adventures we have, the, uh, and I, I want to say something about the moving adventures. The last moving adventure we had, I believe I was the youngest man there, and I'm 52. So... <laughs> And it was a true blessing being there helping, but I really think some of the younger men in our church really need to be blessed in, the, in, in, in that uh, endeavor. Uh, when we had the uh, singing that night, all the shirts that, that, that let us know that we were members of this church, they were everywhere. We don't have to beg to get people to volunteer. You know, we are just so blessed. And saying that, being a member of this church, being a Christian, there comes responsibility. And uh, on Friday nights, I go to a speaker meeting at AA. And uh, when the speaker gets up, there's a sign on the wall that says, uh, when someone anywhere, anytime, any place reaches out for help, I want the hand of AA to be there, and for that I am responsible. Well, I just kind of changed that around a little bit. When someone anywhere, anytime, any place reaches out, I want the hand of Generations Church to be there. And for that, I am responsible. Every one of us, we, we're, we're responsible as members of this church. As our pastor have said, it's, uh, when you leave here, you're the only Jesus some people see. And uh, anyway... I got just a little bit longer. I'm, I'm glad the worship service went a little while. I can. <laughs> uh, oh, ooh, uh, uh, brother Shake. Uh, when when Pastor Allen asked me to, to to speak, first off, I'd like to say I don't really think I'm a preacher. I'm I'm somebody that just likes to share Jesus and and His mercy and His goodness and His grace and and how much He means to me. And. Uh, there was a song he sang about the uh, we'll overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And uh, I'm going to give a little bit of a testimony. And it, it, it's, it concerns me and Michelle, but a, a lot of it is just about me the last about year and a half and uh, the, some things that I went through. And, 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 and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, in August 2008, uh, things was really good. Business was good. Uh, I'm a painting contractor. I have a partner that works with me. And, uh, and in the first of August 2008, we had nine guys working with us. And uh, God was blessing, and, and business was good. Church was doing good. And, and uh, couldn't ask for it any better. If it had been any better, there had been two of me. I mean, it was just, it was great. But uh, in one month's time, September 1st, 2008, J. Bar W. had went from nine guys working with us 
to me and Wendell and my son went to three people. And I'm telling you, when the economy stopped in Texas, it stopped. And uh, when you're in the construction business, it hit and it hit hard. And uh, me and Wendell have been partners and best friends now for about uh, a little over 20 years. And uh, we said, this is just a hiccup. We're going to get through it. Everything's going to be just fine. And uh, it's funny how these things work. I'd been talking to Randy Ellis a couple of months before about, about our church, about how we need to get some young people in here. We never started to get some young couples with kids and babies. And it's about this time our church started getting younger. I started pointing, pointing out to Mom. I said, honey, look at them babies over there. Look at them young kids. I said, God's, God's blessing us because we need young families in this church. Because when we get old and, and, and we can't do it, we we got to have the young ones to take our place. we got to start grooming them. And uh, October, November started going, and, and business really didn't pick up. You know, it was it was uh, it really wasn't hit and miss. It was a lot of miss. But but uh, God God provided enough that that we we stayed afloat. And uh, by the time December got here, I mean it, it was bad. There, there was uh, two guys had been working for us. Uh, both of them was named Jason. One had been there eight years. Another had been there five years. And they were married and had kids, and we didn't have no work for them. You know, and that's uh, they're calling you up, going, "Hey, boss, we got anything this week?" No, ain't got nothing. And uh, you start questioning God. I don't mind telling you, I did. I started saying, "God, what's going on here?" You know, we've been faithful. We. Uh, We've been doing the right thing. We've uh, we've always tried to, to worship you and honor you in our business, and uh, things just ain't going too good right now. But is it at this time in December at the juvenile detention center? We we were showing up every Monday night, and we couldn't get in. Uh, usually, we'd show up six Monday nights, and we might get in one Monday night. There was always a reason they wouldn't let us in, and. Uh, I'd called and talked to the assistant administrator, and uh, the reason I lead this uh, detention center is it kind of fell to me out of uh, what nobody else there, and I'm faithful, and I just happened to get 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 put in charge of it. It's not because I'm a great leader; it's just because I'm faithful and <laughs> fell on me. But anyway, I start. I said, you know, Lord, w- w- these these people that are volunteering coming up here, we're not getting in. They're getting frustrated. Well, Sister Claire, mighty woman of God, said, I got some prayer ladies going to come up here next Monday night. We're going to pray. I said, well, okay, let's do something. And, uh, well, I got there, and sure enough, they wouldn't let us in for services. Some kid had stopped up the toilet and flooded the place or something. There was always something. So I go out there in the parking lot, and there's like 20 ladies from the ages of 20 to 75. And, uh, they said, well, Brother J.P., we're going to pray. Is that all right? We're going to pray that uh, God will straighten these things out. And I said, well, yeah, that'll be okay. And I thought we were all going to just kind of join hands and do our normal prayer thing. I'm telling you right now, these ladies started praying. It kind of scared me. <laughs> I mean, they was rebuking Satan and stomping their feet. And this went over like 30 minutes. And I was kind of going, you know, I'm not 
If you need a long soaking prayer, I'm not your man. You need a quick shower, I can, I can, I can do that. But uh, boy, they was doing the soaking prayer. I'm telling you. And uh, lo and behold, I got a call that that week that uh, a new administrator had taken over, and uh, we were all going to have to do our background checks again. We were all going to have to do a drug test, and there was a new sheriff in town. I said, oh, man, here we go. Uh, I'd never really done a drug test. I mean, I wasn't worried about it, but I missed the, the big one. I'd had to go out of town, so the next, they said before I go back in, I had to go do a drug test. I said, okay. And uh, so I went up there and set an appointment, and uh, I can't think of his name right now, the administrator, but anyway, he came out. He's about yay tall, yay big, just big old bald-headed guy, mean-looking. And he, and he handed me a cup and had a special lid on it. And he said, well, we need to go uh, do a urine sample. I said, okay. So I, I go open the bathroom door, and he just followed me in there. <laughs> I look at him, and I said, well, what's going on here? He said, well, i got to be in the room. And the only way I know how to say this, it took 35 minutes before we, <laughs> before we, before we had a positive test. <laughs> But uh, he made a point to tell me that he was going to do everything in his power to be sure that we get in on Monday nights because he knew how important it was for us to be there. And I, it, it, it hadn't been the same since. We've missed maybe twice in a year's time, year and a half. And if you've ever done any kind of jail service or, or detention center do, doing with uh, those kind of places, it's not unusual for them to be locked down and you can't go in. And uh, twice, that's been it. God was good. But there again, business, it was bad. It was real bad. January, February rolled around, and it, it wasn't getting much better, and, and March came. And uh, and I'm telling you, old Satan, he hit us with a, a family hiccup that, that knocked us both down. And uh, business was terrible, and this family hiccup hit. And I mean to tell you, old J.P. didn't know what was going on. I just said, what did I do wrong? You know, you start doubting. And then, uh, but I didn't, doubt my, I didn't doubt my Christian walk. I didn't doubt that God loved me. I was just doubting what, what was going on here, you know. But at the same time that all this is going on, I find out I'm going to be a granddad. I got to tell you, all the, my first three grandkids, uh, see, at this time, they were, when I found out we were going to be grandparents again, my youngest was 12, the middle was 13, our oldest was 16, and I thought our kids was done having kids, you know? And, and, and when they were young growing up, I was JP. I was who Mimi dated. I was just, I was the boyfriend. Well, of course, four or five years later, four years later, we got married and I became JP, but I never really got to be granddad to them when they was young and uh you know this new technology is wonderful stuff you know the stuff they can send you on a cell phone she started sending us those pictures of that baby inside of her and of course we knew he was going to be a boy or he had a name picked out jace and i'm telling you man i was i was some kind of excited and uh also uh me and michelle got married later in life and uh my parents were both deceased. Her parents were both deceased when we got married, so I never had the joy of a mother-in-law. 
But I got my sister-in-law, Debbie, instead. <laughs> and, and anybody that knows Mind of Michelle's story knows that Debbie's a handful. And it was about this time that the state of Texas decided it was time for Debbie to get incarcerated. It's not a bad thing. It, she did some things she didn't supposed to do. She got incarcerated. But it, but it was good in the fact that we knew Debbie was safe. We knew that we could go visit her and uh, that the eyes was going to be clean and that smile was going to be natural. And uh, I didn't mind that drive to Gatesville about once a month. And uh, especially when you see your wife's, the way their face shines up when she see her sister. Oh, man. But in the same term, you go in there to the women's prisons and you see what drugs can do. 95% of those women, they got their husbands bringing their babies in to see mama. You got grandparents raising babies, bringing them in there to see their mama. It's a... I can't think of a more depressing Low place to be is prison. They can just make you feel so unhuman. And uh, just uh, if you have family members or somebody's in prison, keep them in prayer. Pray for them. And uh, but like I said, it, it it was a good thing. The Debbie that we knew was back. And uh, it, it April that summer. We were just getting by in business. And when I say getting by, the Lord had blessed me and my partner with enough business sense or common sense that we'd put some money back. And uh, that money had started up here, and and it was, this is bottom, and it was getting pretty close to bottom. And uh, we were just getting jobs to get by, you know. And uh, September came around. And uh, I think the 1st of August, we found out that uh, they are going to have to induce labor on our daughter-in-law. And our baby was going to be born August 31st. And uh, I started putting one and one together. And I said, well, you know, honey, I said, we're going to be in East Texas. And that baby's born open day dove season's next day. I said, you think maybe she'd put that off September 2nd or move it up so... You know, I wouldn't have to miss it because I never get to go. But my daughter-in-law, I thought it was kind of selfish. She said, I've been carrying this baby nine months. I think August 31st is a good day. So <laughs> needless to say, I missed opening day of dust season again. But August 31st, the Lord blessed us with a grandson. Oh, my goodness. I had my little cell phone taking pictures and camera pictures of him and motion pictures of him and I'll be at work, riding around, going to check on a job, and I'll, I'll be sitting there, and I'll just pick it up, and I can see that baby getting washed when he's about 30 minutes old. You know, you can take technology, and, and it is amazing the good things that God can do with it, but we're reminded how powerful Satan can be with the same, the same thing. He takes the Internet. I get on the Internet, and bam, I put in one word of the Bible, that verse I'm looking for, and boom, there it is. Don't have to look it up. It's right there. And yet we got pastors in America going to uh, addiction classes for pornography. Very same internet. You know, Satan, he's powerful, and he's alive, and he's well. 
But the main thing, other than my grandson being born the 1st of September, is that we started the Alpha course. And I'm telling you right now, that was the best four months that I've had in a while. Somehow, my wife was the leader and I was the helper. And, uh, which I'm all to be used to that. I don't know why that surprised me, but, uh, we were by, I think the, the next oldest person in our group was probably 20 years younger than us, honey. I know what it felt like to be Paul Kettle. You know, I was, <laughs> it was a, uh, we had Aaron and Lauren Ellis. They were in ours and Kyle and Courtney Ellis, uh, Daniel Hensley, Seth and Emily Wells, Miranda. She was in there, and uh, Al Silva, and then there was two young ladies, Laney and Laura. And I, after the uh, the message would be over that time that we would spend just talking, there wasn't no wrong answers, you know. It was just people speaking how they felt and, and, and what God would do for them and, and what did he mean by this. And it was just time of learning about each other. And uh, I got to tell you about one night we was in here, and there was a it, and the message was on prayer. I don't remember exactly what it was all about, but we was all supposed to. After it was over, one of the things the leader was supposed to do was ask us if there was anybody there who wanted special prayer. And so uh, there was a young man had visited that night. Seth had brought him. Seth's real good about that. He's about getting visitors to come. And, and uh, Michelle said, "Well, is there anybody here that would?" like a, a special prayer. And this kid said, anybody? Michelle said, yeah. And he said, well, hell yeah, I want prayer. <laughs> I, got kind of, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I, got, I got up and he said, you pray for anything? I said, yeah, whatever you think. Just pray that I'll start doing the right thing. Hell, I need it. <laughs> You know, and I, I, that's what I felt. I felt so good because it, it, that happened in our church. And nobody, th- it, we can laugh about it. There are some churches you couldn't say that. People wouldn't be laughing. They'd think, you know, you, you don't need to be saying that. But that man, wasn't, he, he wasn't ashamed. He wanted prayer and he wanted it right then. <laughs> and uh, bless God, we prayed for him too. And uh, one other thing on the Alpha Course, and then I'll, I'll get on to something else. Uh, one night Michelle couldn't make it, so as being the assistant leader, I got to lead the group. And that night, I think we had like 14, 15 people. It was packed in our little table. And I, and, uh, I thought we had a blessed time, you know. Just everything went great, got home, and Mama said, well, how did it all go? I said, oh, it went good. I said, you know, got to talk and pray and, and just had a wonderful time in the Lord. Well, the next Wednesday night, we get there, and it's me and Mama and Lauren and Miranda. That's it. And I looked at Lauren. I kind of said, I said, I wonder where everybody's at. And she said, Rex, because you led last Wednesday night. And, and I didn't know that was Lauren being Lauren there for a minute. I, I didn't know that was her way of gigging me. Well, I think Lauren and, and my wife and Miranda, the, the rest of the night, I didn't have a chance. They just, uh, they pretty they let me have it with both barrels. And uh, praise God, I, we had a good time that night, and they really had a good time. Uh, everything was just going okay after that. 
you know, business still wasn't that good. And uh, me and my partner, if you're self-employed, uh, if that phone's not ringing, there's really not a lot you can do to make it ring. I don't know if any of y'all have ever been self-employed, but word of mouth is that's that's how we work. And uh, that was one time in our lives where we realized that that me faith wasn't going to cut it no more. Because there was nothing that we could do. It was in God's hands. And uh, I, I don't mind telling you, I was kind of mad at him. You know, we, uh, and, then, and then on top of that, it, in, in this same period, my wife was going through a, she'd been doing physical therapy in nursing home for 14 years. And uh, it was just wearing her out. And uh, she had a uh, physical therapist that she worked under that they had a personality conflict. And that's just the best way I can put that. It was, they did not get along. <laughs> and uh, that it, I was going, God, the church is going good. The detention center is going good. Why is why is this part of my life sucking right now. That's it. I was I was mad. I, I, I was doubting. I was I just, what's going on here? Well, Lord took care of my wife. She's in home health now. She got out of the nursing home and got a job she loves. They gave her a car to drive. She kind of makes her own hours. And here I am, we still ain't got no work. What's up? What? You know? And uh, about... Uh, February, January and February, things started picking up. We started getting some phone calls. We started getting some new houses lined up. And uh, March came around, and uh, we had we now had uh, four of the guys back working with us. And, uh, man, it was, uh, you just sleep so much better. When you when you're self-employed and you got three weeks of work in front of you, you know it's uh, you sleep well and and uh, but it's about this time Brother Shake came around and Miss Karen and uh, I guess, I guess the only way to say it, the church kind of not that we was going in a bad direction we just kind of went in another direction and uh, it was just. Life exploded all over again. I mean, when I looked up here and I seen Kennedy and Spencer and Micah, them, them was my kids in kids' church. I've watched them grow in the Lord to being little heathen that I just wanted to, <laughs> to the young mighty warriors for God now. You know, if you're not in kids' church working every once in a while, you really don't get that opportunity to watch them grow. That's just a little something out there for... If you want to really get a blessing from God, you know, you can get in kids' church a little bit. But I just want y'all to know, uh, Brother Shake, Sister Karen, what a blessing y'all are. It is, uh, uh, I just go home so refreshed. And I know that, as a a preacher used to say back home, he said, I don't care how high you jump Sunday and how loud you scream, when you come down Monday, I want you walking a straight line and spitting white. And, uh... (laughs) Brother Shake, you're good about getting me all excited and getting me filled up. But, boy, when I come down Monday morning, it's still there. That, that refreshment that I needed, I I'm, I'm, thank you all for, for everything you do. And uh, 
that skit that they gave last Sunday. I seen it Wednesday night, and it brought a tear to my eye. Sunday, it brought two tears to my eyes, and I knew what was coming, you know. And our young people, Brother Shane, is doing a wonderful job. And uh, just God's good to us. We've got work lined up. And uh, I started apologizing to God for, for, for doubting him. And uh, I got on the Internet, and there was a message that was brought by Dr. Ray Pritchard. I don't know if he's a Baptist, Pentecost, Methodist. All I know is he's a doctor. And uh, he, he wrote a message on, uh, if I believe, why do I doubt? And he, and he basically said, is if you don't ever doubt, your faith's never going to grow. If you don't have hard times, how can your faith grow? If all you ever have is a smooth ride and everything's getting taken care of, where's faith involved in that? You know? And that, and that was God's way of telling me, it's okay, JP. You can get mad at me some. I got a big back. I ain't going to quit loving you. You know? He doesn't. He don't quit loving us. And it's all right to get upset at him every once in a while. I, you know, I, I don't mean to, but I'll just, you better do something <laughs> or I'm going to. <laughs> and uh, he always comes through. But uh, this is Dr. Ray. He is, uh, he had some things to say here. You know, I always thought doubt was the opposite of faith, but it's not. The opposite of faith is unbelief. And doubt is not unbelief. Doubt is just not knowing what to do. It's going, God, I'm going, we're going to go out of business here pretty quick if you don't do something. It's asking God, what's, what's going on here? That's okay to doubt like that. If, you know, if, if you're wanting to seek new employment and, and, and you're asking God for an answer and, and not, nothing's coming, you feel like you're just, your prayer going to right there and it's not coming back, it's okay. He said right in here, struggling with God is a sure sign that we truly have faith. If we never struggle, our faith will never grow stronger. And uh, he used three illustrations from the Bible about men that were uh, that had doubt, and, and uh, God didn't hold it against them. I'm just going to talk about one, and that was Thomas. You know, Thomas, got, he, he got a bad rap. Every time we talk about Thomas now, we call him Doubting Thomas. You know, nobody ever says Thomas the, the apostle or disciple. It's always Doubting Thomas. Well, you know, when Jesus was going back to see Lazarus in Jerusalem, the last time he had been there, they tried to stone him, tried to kill him. And all the disciples, when he said, I'm going to go back and see Lazarus, all the other disciples said, you know what? We better not go back there trying to kill you. And old Thomas said, the heck with that. Let's go. Let's go die with him. That's what Thomas said. Down Thomas said, let's go back. I'm going to die with Jesus. None of the other disciples said that. He was ready to die for the Lord. Next time was at the Last Supper, Jesus was, was talking about how he was going to go prepare a place for him and where I go that year you can follow and uh, talk about heaven. And after he had finished saying it, I mean, old Thomas, he reminds me of me so much. He does. He said, 
Well, how are we supposed to know where you're going? We ain't seen it. Because that's the way I am. I, I got to see stuff. I, I'm a man of action. You know, people can talk the talk all they want, but until I see it and see you do something, I got nothing there. I, I want to see it. And uh, I'd never seen Thomas in this light. Never. Never had I seen him in this light. Well, you know, Jesus, he died on the cross. Thomas and all of them seen him die. They seen him take it down, seen him go get buried. And uh, when Jesus appeared to the rest of the disciples, he wasn't there. And uh, they came back. You know, of course, Thomas came back, and and uh, they said, we've seen him. Well, I'm pretty sure my same reply would have been, yeah, right, whatever. I seen him die. I seen him buried. I seen him put that rock in front of the tomb. And thus somebody sees me, shows me a body, and I see some, that would have been me. I'm pretty sure. And, and this man brought up, Dr. Pritchard wrote, he made a statement, said, you know, God wires us all different. None of us are the same. You know, I, whenever we had deaths in our family or, or whenever we go through trials, a lot of times, I, I don't like being around a lot of people. I tend to go off by myself. You know, I, I'm not a, uh, I don't want to be around a bunch of people. And, I'm, and he brought up this point about Thomas. Thomas was probably out there going, what is going on here? The man that we had followed, the man that we had seen do all these miracles. He died and he left us. And he was, I'm, I, I'd never thought of this. And eight days later, he's in there with the rest of them. And Jesus made it a point to come back, just old Thomas. Because he knew how valuable Thomas was. He said, I'm going to come back so Thomas can see the nails and where the nails was in my hands. And he can see that where my side was pierced. And, and Thomas looked up and said, I believe. He didn't hold it against Thomas for, for, for asking questions. He didn't hold it against He didn't call him Doubting Thomas. He just called him Thomas. He loved him. He came back eight days later just so he could show Thomas how much he loved him. And, uh, you know, I took a 20-year hiatus from, from serving the Lord. And uh, he gave me the opportunity to come back. And, I, and all I've ever told him is that uh, I'll do everything I can to serve you. And uh, that's what i got to try and do. Because I... I tell the kids at the detention center, I've told them in prisons, ministry, even if there wasn't a heaven, if I knew today that there wasn't a heaven, I'd still live the life I'm living now. Because the worst day that I've ever had living for the Lord is better than the best day I ever had serving Satan. And uh, God's good to us, isn't he? And uh, thank you all. I appreciate it. Thank you for encouraging all of us. You encourage everybody. What an encourager. I did not call him, tell him what to say, or coach him in any way. It's just amazing. The Lord led him. Thank you so much. Uh, speaking of Thomas, the fruit of his life remains today in a way that doesn't remain from the other apostles. He went all the way to India, which is further from Jerusalem than any of them went.
I believe. If my geography is wrong, please correct me because I don't want to continue saying that. But he established seven local churches that are still there today. They're orthodox as can be. They need a revival, you know. You know, after generation, after every generation needs a new revival. But they're still there. And he died as a martyr. According to the Catholic Church, they shot him with arrows. Just multiple arrows went through him and killed him. But he, you know, once he had a hold of something, he was like a bulldog. Went, you know, went through the fire. So he didn't pretend to have faith that wasn't there. That's important. That we walk in truth and faith and beware of pretense. You know, religion can become pretense. You know, it's kind of a, we pretend there's a God on Sundays, that kind of deal. We don't want to do that. We want to walk in reality. Amen. Well, let's stand and let me pray a prayer for you and uh, just encourage somebody before you leave. Amen. Father, we thank you for hearing one of our dear brothers encourage each of us. Wow. God, we pray that we would be an encouragement to him in every way. And, Lord, we pray that you'd lay someone on our heart to encourage this week just as we have been encouraged. Lord, may we give that comfort away. Thank you, Lord, for the good things you're doing in our congregation, the good things you're doing in our city. Lord, we declare victory over every situation that each person may be facing. Lord, it may be a relational conflict. It may be financial. It may be physical. It may be social. Whatever, Lord, Lord, we know that you have the answer. And, Lord, we want to walk in obedience to your word and in your wisdom. And, Lord, help us to be honest in our faith.